Talk Network. Hi, this is Devin Track with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another episode of 40K Radio. And now, on with the show. Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of 40K Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Alex. With me, as always, is JF. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? I am doing well. And also with us is Amy. Hello. And today we're going to take a look at the new mission packs for 40K, the first two for ninth, the Tactical Deployment and Beyond the Veil. And then we'll take a quick look at the Codex Necrons and Space Marines, the first Codexes for 9th edition. But, as always, we kind of like to talk about hobby stuff first, and this week we will start with Amy. So my hobby stuff this week, because I am in a hobby rut right now, like I don't, like I mean, you know, it's everything. Let me gesture vaguely at everything, right? So I'm not exactly feeling... Super. And we hold the flames that consume all my Yeah, so, you know, obviously model painting uh, at the forefront of my mind, uh, which is upsetting because I have all the time in the world. Uh, so this week I've actually, I've been doing a lot of um, tutorial watching, trying to pick up, like, some new techniques and, like, figure out, you know, like, I'm, I'm hoping for inspiration or at least something that'll get me going, like, oh, okay, well, this is cool. Like, I can do this and, you know, spark something to get me back to work um so that's been fun i've been seeing a lot of stuff about um like there was a, a stippling technique that i learned that i'd kind of picked up sort of from like the finished photos and so i actually watched the video of how it's done and i went all right well that's better uh, and then there were a couple using like acrylic inks and contrast paints which uh yeah, wait 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 i Aren't know contrast paints specifically for noobs and they make the hobby <laughs> too easy and there's absolutely nothing for experts there's no in value them. like whatsoever. you may, yeah there's no value it just it just lowers the uh the bar too much yeah exactly. why would there need to be a tutorial about the use of that and inks you say yeah yeah acrylic artists inks so yeah um People are doing super, like we knew this. Was, we said this way back that uh, like people are doing very cool stuff using contrast paints because yeah. they do operate differently than pretty much anything else because um, they're not quite a wash. They're not quite a paint. They're not quite an ink, really. So yeah, so that's been that's been most of my week has been watching tutorials, trying to get my paint mojo back. Nice. How about you, Jeff? Oh, mostly just being angry and yelling at clouds. Uh, no, hobby-wise, unfortunately, <laughs> I've been I've been staring at a, a cutting board covered with awesome Gene Stewart cult models that I need to finish. There, oh, you know that point where you know that if you could just sit down for one evening, you could get all the little details and gubbins done, and then you could call it a day. And you could mm, just yeah. rebase them, yeah. and mm-hmm. it'd be done. It'd be awesome. So I'm at that point with a full unit of just really fun um, Gene Theater called Acolyte Hybrids, and I'm I'm just really close to getting them done, and I can't find the time because mm. I have to work on a bunch of top secret things that I can't even talk about, and it's making me very angry. <laughs> and that's why I occasionally step outside and just yell at the clouds. If no one yells at the clouds. How are you going to stay in line? It's true. So the short answer is nothing. I'm afraid. <laughs> All right. My brother bought a 3D printer, so like Ooh, the world fun. of possibilities opening up before yeah. my eyes, and it's that that's going to be fun to witness. Nice. Um, yeah, my brother also has a 3D printer, and uh, he's he's printed a few things, mostly for for <laughs> epic scale games, but. So we're in the brotherhood of people with That's brothers right. that have 3D printers. The brotherhood of brothers, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I also have been uh, watching a lot of tutorial videos, but mainly about terrain. Um, and I found, I went to my parents' house and I found I had one of those old second edition cardboard terrain kits. 
Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so wow. I, I'm inspired to, to make a second edition board, themed board for, for 40K, ninth edition. So I'm currently looking at, you know, like getting floral wire and, and eating Pringles so I can get Pringles tubes just like the old days. And make I, have, I, have the old, I have the old book. Um, yeah, I have the, the how to make board games yeah. terrain, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I was looking yeah, through that. Yeah, and I was flipping through um, some old like uh, Space Marine Battles book just to see the tables that they had that they were playing on. So I like that. That's a good idea. <clears throat> it's especially good since they put out that regimental standard about um, about uh, um, the the guardsmen just putting up cardboard terrain. Like if you <laughs> yeah, can't exactly. cover, just just like, <laughs> it's so good. So I love good. those regimental standard articles. They're they, they're pretty amusing. They're pretty good. Not everything that they put out is gold, but that yeah, one. But that was good. They go good above and beyond for them. They do. It all is that the feel that I don't know if you guys ever saw the uh, Imperial Infantryman's uplifting primer, where they were just like, yeah. "Orcs are stupid. Don't worry about them. They're no problem." Like Tyranids are just bugs. Just squish them. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um. And then I, I, I've just, uh, you know, been trying to get my one game a week in. Um, so that's been that's been fun. So last week we got two books from Games Workshop. We got Chapter Approved, Buy More Stuff to Use Me, and the Crusade book. So we'll look at the, the Tactical Deployment book first, which uh, I have and I believe Amy has it as well. I do. Amy, I do, and, 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 then, and then told JF that maybe he he's, he said oh, I should get those, and I was like, maybe, you maybe no, you don't maybe no, need that one though, no, no, no. maybe not right now. I uh, <clears throat> so this book I they kept talking about how like, I mean it says it directly on the thing, master train to control the battlefield, and I was like, okay, cool, let me just let me just flip through, and um, at first glance there is nothing in it. I mean, there are missions. There are other missions. Like, I will say that for this edition, um, we've got a lot of missions. If you want missions, we, we've got them. Um, but in terms of other stuff, like, there's not a whole lot that's not in the core rulebook. No, there's another There's another little mini rulebook in there, just like the other... Which I do like. I do like yes. that every one of these small chapter approved books or whatever like all the small portable books the ones that you would take with you to game all have the mini rule book in it so you're not like oh, crap, i don't have that other like you always have it with you yeah and i'm into that um i have noticed though i like the small portable size i like the spiral binding we've talked about this i have noticed though it does very much seem like they are devi- they're designing them as bigger books and then shrinking mm. them down um, because I did, I did, um, I did book layout for a while, and I did used to have to fight with uh, the people in charge to say no, no, we really do have to have the typeface uh, at this size so that people can read it, and yes, that will be more pages. And I feel like Games Workshop has gone, yeah, it's fine. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. And I'm definitely doing the I'm definitely doing the 40 year old like are my arms long enough for me to read that like I can't oh it's very small there you go it's my old person rant <laughs> on that for the day you're yelling at your own cloud I am I am I think it's it's a really neat idea right but yep. in order to play it you need the tactical terrain data sheets which is a separate thing. Right, and that which is fine, but they also, you know, I have a good amount of GW terrain, but the only tactical data sheets they've issued, they've uh, released, are for the stuff that's in the Vertigus set of terrain, right? Yeah. So those. Well, I mean, you can still the army. You can case, still I mean, do the missions. You can still do the missions with whatever, right? Like, I mean, well, they can you, stand alone. Just... If you take a look, right. A lot of the objectives in these missions reference the terrain you bring to the game. Uh, and if you look at like the deployment maps, right, any diamond is where you have to put a terrain feature. Gotcha. So But you could theoretically do any terrain feature. Yes, yeah, yeah. You could you could sort of 
I mean, you're going to have to wane a little bit, but uh, yeah, you, yeah. you can still play them. I mean, them we do that with Warcry, though, so. Yeah. No, it's, 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 you can definitely play them, um, but it's definitely, and it's probably a good, you know, move on their part. If you want to play as they intend, you have to buy the terrain they've released with the data cards they've released. I, I mean, I assume at some point they'll end up releasing data card packs for all their terrain. Which will uh, which will be nice because you know there's a lot of different terrain sets they have out there um, yeah. that a lot of people already have, um, and I am interested to see who shows up to like an Adepticon tactical deployment mission or tournament with their lugging around their their terrain. That's what I'm saying, right? Like I'm not, I, I'm not dragging. <laughs> yeah. I already carry too much stuff to Adepticon. I can't. I can't also bring terrain. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a lot to and and from what I've seen people talking about it, like you can because of the things the terrain gives you, break it pretty easily. But this is a new yeah. format for them, so I, I would hope that they would you know sort of sort of fix it if it right. if I mean, it takes from a from a marketing perspective, I completely understand where they're coming yeah, from. Like course. the idea of making the terrain less interesting, more than just decoration, give it and yep. like a more involved role in the game is good. Like moves unit and also just makes it more fun. But I mean, like you guys are saying, like I'm not I'm not dragging my terrain to like I might bring yeah. a fortification because that's part of my army list. But like I'm not if I'm if I have the terrain to play, I'm playing at home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it does it does feel a little bit like Warcry did, right? Where it was like you had to buy the cards, and then the cards were in short supply, and yeah. uh, you know, and then they're like, oh yeah, but also here's a book. So like, maybe maybe you could have just waited and just given us a book. Like, yeah. Maybe we could have waited on that. <laughs> so instead yeah. of scrambling to get cards, and then. Not having the cards, and they fact the cards. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, that's yeah. the old card. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I just it seems, it seems like a good thing to do. Like, like kind of like what you're saying, Jeff. Right? Like, you can play this at home with somebody, assuming that you know you have enough ter- of the appropriate terrain at home. But trying to lug everything down to a store is just too much of a pain. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's way more likely that stores are gonna like take their club fees or whatever, mm-hmm. get terrain, like have the terrain available, and when you come and play at the store, it's like then you can say, well, I'm gonna take that terrain for terrain purposes. Yeah. So like I, I'm, I, it is going to sell more stuff, but I don't think this is gonna translate to something that it's not gonna be permeable between home use and tournament or event use. Yeah. No, no, I don't no. think so either. So the winner of the two books for that week, though, is definitely the uh, the Crusade mission pack. I think. Oh yeah. Beyond the I veil, was, which is yeah. good because this was what I was hopeful yes. about. Yes. Yeah. This right? is like, this is the one I was looking really forward to. Um, so this is basically, I guess, a good way to think of it is like a campaign book, right? So it gives you just like yep. for D and D or something, gives you a, a whole setting, gives you missions, gives you different upgrades and stuff to it to play in your in your Crusade games, uh, specific traits. And of course, another little rule book in there, which is great. Um, it just lots of lots of good stuff in this book. Yeah, this this one I am really happy with because I, I I've been really curious to see like okay how how what does a crusade book look like, and they have fortunately not disappointed. Um, it's got your little intro story. It's like here's why we're here. It's got your star map. That you know how everything's going, um, yeah, I'm into this, and so that's a fun way too, right? So like you've been playing your crusade thing, and you know you finish, uh, you know you finish your campaign or whatever, or even if you just get bored, right? And you're like, you know what? We're gonna just let's just pick this crusade campaign up and we'll go someplace else and start over or not or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm into it. It really does, like, so it has the Crusade rules in there, but it has um, all the stuff from Crusade, agendas, battle traits, relics, um, battle scars, uh, all of the stuff that just, like, gives flavor. So it's all stuff specific to the Pariah yeah. Nexus, whereas where this mission pack takes place. Yeah. So I think um, 
this is going to be a big winner uh, if they keep. I assume they're going to keep releasing more of these. Um, yeah. It provide. Yeah, it has missions for every level of of Crusade. So this is an awesome little book. Yeah, this one was definitely worth picking up. I think, like, from what I've seen, like, I don't have a copy yet, but from what I understand, like, this is, I mean, Games Workshop has done campaign books in the past, like, War for, on Armageddon, the Black, like, 13 Crusade, and all that, and, but I don't think they've ever had mechanics to make campaigns feel like campaigns. So a lot of these books had like uh, like maybe some sometimes a special unit or a, they had a lot of fluff in them, but they never really gave you the tools to play what they advertised you should be able to play. But with the Crusade system, I it really feels like now they do have this this sort of framework that they can drop campaigns into. Yeah, I think Warcry was a good lesson for them. Like yeah, they definitely. understood. Like they they really got a handle on what a campaign looks like. Other than we're just gonna play a bunch of games and your dudes are gonna get better as you win, and then by week three half of the group is gonna drop out because <laughs> the other half has gotten too good and they're never gonna lose. So, I mean, I'm not saying that that happened in Kill Team, but <laughs> it happened a lot in Kill Team. Oh, trust me, playing original necromunda that that was like every campaign like halfway through half right the, half the people would drop out and yeah because you can't make it up and this they, they finally figured out how like you can lose a game and you're still progressing and that yeah. kind of stuff which was great well and even that you right can, like you can play this remains fun even yeah. that you can play a game with somebody who isn't playing crusade can still count it towards your crusade campaign like, right, because that's that other part of it, right? Like, especially now that they seem to have understood that most of the people that buy their games are grown-ups. Yeah, um, exactly. That you you might not be able to always make it to whatever night is the night. And so now you can have, like, your group that plays whenever. And, yeah, it's really I, I think that's a really important um, change in optics for Games Workshop when they realized that the average player wasn't the 12-year-old that shows up with an unpainted rhino and two units of, of Space Marines to play on a 4x4 table at the Games Workshop store, but were actually the like the old dudes that show up, buy like $500 worth of models, go home, and you never hear from them again. Yeah, exactly. And by that, I mean me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all that guy it's okay yeah, yeah. Hey, what, what is the joke bitches be wasting money on models they never paint That's me. I'm bitches. but the boxes yeah. are really nice though <sighs> the yeah. boxes listen like, I'm not going to say that for a while I had like an end table that was just a bunch of, like, of, uh, of army starter boxes but <laughs> I did that's fine And so, so this weekend we see the release of the first two codexes for ninth edition Codex Space Marines, Codex Necrons. Luckily, um, Games Workshop was nice enough to to send the podcast a couple copies. And um, flipping through them, I got to say the first thing I really like is how they're laid out now. So there actually are tabs built into the pages. Right? Oh, Battle Forge rules, Basic rules, Crusade rules. Um, just so you know where to flip to see um, and then they have war gear and points just so you can kind of see what section you're looking at and the way they did the points here is fantastic so if, if you remember Edition Codex is right there it was just a sort of a block that showed how much each sort of unit uh, troop costs then there was just all the list of all the war gear and what all that war gear costs well now, the way they have the points set up is, it says tactical squad, unit size, unit cost per model. Then under that is every single upgrade a tactical squad can take uh, and the cost for that upgrade for the tactical squad. I, I don't know. I don't know why it took so long I know. to get here, but I'm so I, happy. I, too, want to maybe cry a little at how long that <laughs> why took. Why did it take so long? 
to do the right thing. Like, there's no reason to make me flip back and forth between a million freaking pages to try to build an army. Like, that's the thing that always bothered me. It's like, all right, so Games Workshop doesn't like third parties doing army builder things. I, I get it. Now I get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, they don't understand the marketing value of it, but I understand where they're coming from. Then at the same time, it's like, all right, well, they also do not want to create their own of that. I get that, too. I mean, it's hard to program, then you have to upkeep it and all that. But then at the same time, they're making it so freaking difficult to make army lists with the material that they give mm -hmm. us. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, making army lists is the core of this activity. It's very important. It's, yeah. And and what's great about it, too, is, right, is so your dash sheets still say, okay, everybody comes with this specific equipment. So, but it also allows different costs between different units, right? So a captain in Terminator armor, a power fist for him is five points. For a guy in a tactical squad, it's ten points. And under a Terminator squad, it's not listed because it's just built into the base price of the model. Oh, uh -huh. all right. So it allows them to do a little little more granularity, um, you know, in their units. Um, change the points where they, where they think it's appropriate. Um, so, I mean, I think for me that that was the big winner of this whole thing is how they reorganize the point section. This is specifically the Space Marine Codex. Um, and they also, they Great. actually, something they had that, that they did that they had, that I haven't seen any reason as to why they've done it so far, but all the stratagems have their different types, right? So there's battle tactics, epic deeds, requisition, strategic play stratagems um war gear stratagems so they all have different names or different subcategories but i haven't yeah. seen anything referencing to as to why they're in different subcategories that might be future proofing yeah i think so you future know what i mean like like hey in this new game mode or whatever or in this set of missions you can only use these or you can't use this kind and that would make sense i i like the idea of yeah being i'm able to do that I like it, but I feel really weird that Games Workshop would be future-proofing their stuff. Oh, I know. I said it, and I didn't believe it. <laughs> um. it's just... And, I mean, this goes, like, though, like, the way you described how to use the, the, the points is, like, it shows a level of sort of self-awareness on how those points are going to be used that is, like, very encouraging for their army-building app that they're putting out. Yeah. It feels like they know what they're going to be doing, how they're going to be handling points. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, I, I could see this being used, the strategy thing for like, you know, the, the, the relics or traits where you, warlord traits where you get back stratagems, like maybe only when this type of strategy was used. CPF, right, exactly, CPF, something like that. Like that. Yeah. Yep. Rather than having to say, well, you can use it now, but not for these ones, just here's the type you can use it on. Um, yeah. I mean, so, and also everybody was was really wondering about the core thing, just about everything's core. You know, unless it's a veteran or a vehicle, unless it's a dreadnought, it's core. Everything's core. Yep. Um, okay. Not, not too surprised with that. Um... They also did some interesting stuff where, you know, things that used to be stratagems are now just, like, built in to mm -hmm. units. So, um, Dreadnoughts, all Dreadnoughts have um, a rule where any incoming damage is reduced by one, right? That used to be a stratagem. Um, and stuff they, used to, they got rid of, like, none of the vehicles have smoke launchers, but they have a keyword smoke screen. So you can use one CP when an opponent chooses to shoot at you to give them negative one to their hit roll. Hmm. So this comes, this a lot of this comes down to something that uh, JF and I were talking about the other day, um, where it they seem to be doing a pretty good job of heading in the direction of every choice you make is an active choice mm -hmm. and not just like an automatic or I'm taking this because it's, you know, I mean, like, you are at some point going to have to fall into, like, 
um, your points costs and, and your army builds and that sort of thing. But you are going within that, you're going to actively choose. I'm choosing this over this, not because this is the automatic better choice, but because this is how I'm building my army. And so I think a lot of that heads in that direction is like you provide these automatics that so you don't have to make like you don't have to waste a choice on something yeah. that is a given. Well, and I think, too, it's it's that stuff that you always forget about, right? If you're not, like, a, yep. a big terrain player. Like, how often do you forget smoke launchers when your opponent goes to shoot you? And you're like, oh, I should have used that. Well, now it's it's a reactive, more of a reactive choice to um, to use it. And it limits it, too, because it costs the stratagem, right? So you can only do it to one vehicle per turn. But you also don't lose that shooting phase you would have lost for using smoke launchers. Right. Which is neat. Um and some stuff they also got rid of a lot of the uh, rid of a lot of the like shoot twice like that doesn't really exist anymore. Um, oh, nice. Things like the repulsors they get an extra they get plus one to shoot rather than getting to shoot again. Aggressors just don't get to shoot twice anymore if they don't move. Um, so I'm wondering. Which leads me to believe that someone is going to get that as like not a core mechanic, but in the same way that Tau gets. Um, Overwatch, Overwatch for free. Yeah. Like yeah. it'll be it'll be something similar to that. It'll be an army trait rather than just like Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, there's just um there's one stratagem that lets a primaris unit shoot again at the end of the shooting phase. Just like um the chaos stratagem for anything with the Marcus Slanish where they can shoot again. Kind of the same mm -hmm. thing. Um And I thought one of the most interesting things, which is present in both the Space Room Codex and the Necron Codex, which is something they previewed on the website, was the sort of upgrading characters, right? So it's not just a chapter master, but you can have a, a master apothecary or, um, you know, a master chaplain or whatever, and they get some extra special abilities, which I thought was really cool, because, um, you know, if you're running something like um, Iron Hands, maybe you want to have the, the Master of the Forge. As, right, and especially where now you're not, you're not layering all these characters together to buff each other in their right. little circles... Like, that makes a lot of sense. And as highly speculated, there is the only one captain and two lieutenants per detachment, which, again, again, if you're not, since you're not, you know, throwing uh, real one bubbles all around the place. Yeah. You don't really need to pack the characters anymore. So I think it's, that that's a good change for the game overall. The real winner, though, is the Necron Codex because it's a bunch of new stuff that's actually interesting. Ooh. Are you saying that the Space Marine ATV Mario Kart is not interesting? <laughs> uh, it, it looks silly, but other than that, no. <laughs> um, oh, yes, and, and both codexes do contain a few pages of Crusade stuff, right? So um, for the Crusade stuff, it gives you some more same thing, agendas, battle scars, different enhancements for your army that you can do as part of a crusade, um, which I think is really cool that they're including that in the codexes as well. Yeah, I like that. Um, so with the Necron Codex, right, we get we get to finally get to see all the new, new cool units that we got, um, or that they have, all the different forms of um, Psychomancer, Technomancer, and they actually, they get this, the same kind of thing, where you can upgrade your Mancer models to uh, a Warlord model for some oh. extra points, which I thought was really cool. Um, of course, they're not just like Master uh, um, Tech Marine and stuff like cortical subjugator scarabs like you can give them cool stuff like that and that that enhances them a little bit yeah so any cryptech has a lot of uh there's probably about 12 upgrades that you can give to any cryptech model anything that has the huh. keyword cryptech and every so there's six dynasties just like uh you know their chapters they all get their own stratagem um and there's actually some interesting changes that, to the army in the book. So um, Necrons before had quantum shielding, right, which was when you got 
damaged, if you had quantum shielding, roll a die. If you rolled less than that that number, you didn't take any damage at all. Now it's quantum shielding is a five plus save, but no matter the strength of the weapon, you can't be wounded on anything. It has to be a four plus, right? So one to one mm. to three always fails, which was great. Which is great because the stuff it has, quantum shielding is usually a a lower uh, toughest model like a six. So right. Um, mm. And there's a stratagem to make it the uh, invulnerable save a little better too. Um, so I thought that was that was really cool. Um, the obelisk, tesseract vault, and monolith are all titanic units, which I thought was uh, an interesting choice because, as you know now, you you have to take a separate detachment to get a titanic unit. Huh. But the monolith is a beast at 24 wounds. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with living metal, right? So it's going to get one back every turn, and I believe there's a stratagem you can get D three back, and there's characters that can heal. So, I mean, must it? <laughs> I know if you got twenty four wounds, have to do that. And uh, you can still deep strike your monolith, which is which is uh, a lot of fun. Oh boy! And you can still teleport guys from around the field uh, with your eternity gate. And there's a stratagem to do it uh, again to a different monolith, pull somebody back towards the monolith. So pretty interesting. Mm. The Tesseract Vault has a, a hefty 30 wounds. Oh, jeez. And an obelisk comes right in between them at 28. Um, yeah, it's pretty. Well, so I mean, at least they've made it like, yes, you have to take another detachment, but they've made it at least worth your time. Oh yeah, and they definitely they feel. Right, like knight equivalents. I mean, a monolith is right. is either three is three hundred and sixty or three hundred and sixty five points if you take the death ray. So, um, obelisk is three seventy, and the tesseract vault is, is a hefty five hundred. Yeah. So. So yeah. Pretty pretty hefty models, definitely can easily you know seem like they can go toe to toe with the knight, which is which is great. It shows that they're they're um trying to bring other stuff on par, which only makes me more excited for the eventual eventual Tyranid huge monster. I mean, everything points to that happening. Does but it? I don't want to get my hopes up. All right. All right. And I mean, I don't know if you've seen the latest rumor engine. Oh, that's an interesting mix of architectures mm-hmm. and design. Mm-hmm. Like that is, as far as I can tell, definitely a Tyranid tale. Like the plating is it looks Tyranid. spot on, spot on. Right. The only thing that's kind of weird a bit is like normally you only have one layer, like one row of plating, but mm. this one seems like it's got some on the side too. But then apparently, for some reason, this is on a base that has a piece of rock with something nailed in it. And what is clearly chaos chains. Yeah. And those are odd bedfellows. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm looking at. I know, it's sort of like the um, that claw we saw a couple weeks ago that could have been an orc claw, but it could have been something else. Mm-hmm. Like, they're getting much better on their... I remember when the rumors was like, oh, obviously that's an elf. Like, I can tell what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, well, some whatever it is, like. But yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The, there was the, the one that was like we... an eagle the other day. I was yeah. Like, All right. I well, see you. For the elves, also, it's like, oh, look, it's a weird shaped blade with some kind of gem on it. Well, it could be an elf, or any of a variety of Eldar. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's which a, are just space a elves. A lot possible. So. Yeah, which is space elves, but still. But I mean, I remember like when they when they started like when they had the teasers for the. Uh, the those those jump pack units for Admet Adeptus Mechanicus and get oh yeah that's Adeptus Mechanicus like yeah it's clearly <laughs> clearly that but now I mean I understand I, I recognize both of these design philosophies in that image but I can't quite figure out why they're together, together. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. why are they hanging out finally yeah. we're getting chaos tyranids <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Uh, Tyrion is absorbed. I mean, maybe the chain's not chaos. Like one of my one of my first 
first reactions was seeing like a Tyranid bit and some chains. Thought, oh, a chained Tyranid. So this is going to be Gene Slater called Fink. That's going to be awesome. Mm. But no, I don't. Maybe not. <sighs> it's weird. You wanted more Tyranids. We're giving them to you in your Chaos Army. Catch your Tyranids. Like, oh, Jeff, you, you hate Chaos, but you love Tyranids? <laughs> here's your here's Sophie's choice. <laughs> Uh, and each each codex does have um, some secondary objectives specific, uh, specific to the army, which is nice. I um, I'm, I hope there would be more. The Necrons only have four, and I think the Spacians just have three. Um, I would have liked to see more than that, but at least gives you some, gives you some options. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with these numbers because it's not like having access to these new secondary obje- objective you know cancels out the already existing yeah, secondary sure. objectives from the core book so like i i'm I, i'm always a bit wary and they did they did that with tactical like with tactics and things but they just add too much and mm-hmm. it's hard to keep track of and especially on a per army basis like if i'm going to like, i'm going to a tournament or even a friendly game and like my opponent shows up and we're clearly working with completely different rule sets just because we each have to learn something vast for our particular army so we don't have time to even bear barely understand what other people are doing that's annoying like i don't i don't think that's not cool man <laughs> yeah exactly as soon as it gets like bloated yeah when there's when yeah. you get too many possibilities yeah i think for me i think like five or six would have been good but i'm i'm i mean i'm okay with at least they got something right or at least we're just not stuck with, with exactly and if they're characterful enough that absolutely works for me because otherwise yeah, it's like, like your opponent says all right well i have three candies and like fucking moon is in aries and like it's the age of Aquarius, <laughs> so i get a victory like, what? Where? Like, well, let me pull out my codex and, and my three supplements so that you can see the complex synergy of various options I have at my disposal. Like, I don't. Like, I I, I want to play games with my where my tiny plastic soldiers shoot the other plastic soldiers. I don't. Like, I already have a job. I don't want to do a court counting. <laughs> I need to pull up Excel just to figure out what the hell's going on in the battlefield that someone did something wrong and that's the game designers yeah they're they're pretty characterful characterful like um the necrons have ancient machinery right so you, you you're doing actions on objectives to awaken the ancient machinery um and then you're trying to <laughs> sort of uh purge the, it's called meta rule say- <laughs> purge the burning says like Ancient machinery. Uh, all players above forty-five cannot use <laughs> this model. Awaken the awaken. Like, how the does the VCR work? Awaken the player Sorry, over fifty ahead. across the table from me that fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's ancient evil. <laughs> so if these are what you know, this is sort of gives us a, a view of what we can expect for for future codexes, and I think I think it's a good format. I think they look good. Um, is there anything you guys wanted to know about for the Necron Codex at all? Nah. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get it. So. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, kudos to Games Workshop in a way for giving us previews that do give us a very good idea what to expect from new things now. I mean, we get together and the two, the two of us chat and we're having a good, we have a good time, but <laughs> we're not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> we're superfluous, yeah. really. Um, I mean, if it wasn't for for Amy's dulcet tones and my biting sense of humor and whatever Matt brings to the table, <laughs> um, why would anybody bother? True. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think they're the books are, are laid out really nicely. Um, interesting. It'd be interesting to see what comes. What comes next is we as soon as we get out of um, Marine Land through the end of the yeah. year. Yeah, but not super looking forward Matt, to that. Everyone loves Marine Land. I mean, I'm happy because I I have a Death Watch army, so I'll be getting that codex. But I would I, like to see a, a, a Xenos codex along with it. 
Did I just age myself by referring to a very old commercial that no one else got the reference to? Yes, that's what I did. All right, let's move on. <laughs> um, and I don't know if you guys saw on the Warhammer Community website, it looks like they're starting a couple new features on the website, including a, I guess, monthly article for competitive players. That was interesting to me. Yeah, I didn't that was uh, that. that's that's like fresh out today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meta watch. Yay, the meta. <laughs> Finally, like, we get I to mean, talk about the meta. But it's nice to see, like, from people that are not just whoever's complaining about whatever the most recent tournament was, like yeah. an actual theoretically objective view of what's going on. No, and I'm into I, that. I I mock, but I'm actually very curious. And it's also very, it's great to see, like, this is Games Workshop acknowledging a bunch of things that they've been kind of skirting around. Mm -hmm. First of all, all, the existence of a meta is is something that they've, like, not necessarily come down officially on. Um, Bringing in, like, actually, like, the idea that now in the community, people who've won tournaments, people who've built a name for themselves, like, they're not just, I mean, they're not just popular. They they don't just have a purpose in their hometown or their home club. But, like, now, I mean, bringing them into the community, getting them a platform so that they can talk about their strategies and how they win these games. I mean, that's kind of huge. This is how you go from just playing Overwatch to having an Overwatch League for those who understand what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, because like you said, this is something they have long... They sort of haven't really said anything about like there's a meta or anything like that, but now that they're actually bringing... um, I mean, this first article is an interview with with Nick Navati, who is, you know, like a a well-known competitive player. Um... Well, here's the thing, like, and this is, like, let me put it to you from my perspective. Anybody would have come to me yesterday and said, JF, I won the LVO. And I always said, oh, my God, Kevin, no one cares. (laughs) And I would have been right. But now, like, you see Nick Nanavati, and I'm like, all right, yeah, he's won, like, he's won the LVO and stuff at Adepticon, and he wrote an article, and, like, there's... Like, they give him stats about yeah. how good he is at list building versus deployment and tactics. Like, this becomes, like, this moves from someone bragging about their hobby to somewhat of a sport. And that makes it, I mean, maybe not yet very interesting, but at least borderline interesting. I wonder if this also means that we'll see them doing more of their own coverage at mm. events. Like, maybe we won't have to rely on that one Spiky Bits article six months after Adepticon. Like, <laughs> maybe they'll actually the cover... On... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, maybe they'll actually yeah. cover events. Like, I mean, obviously not all of them, but the big ones where they have actual official presence. That would be neat, because they, they clearly have a, a, a much more solid understanding of, well, they have the infrastructure, they have the resources, they have a much better understanding of how to interact with the community than they did before. And you're right, like, it would be nice to have some coverage that is not just a um, basically an internet blog doing a, vlo- a video broadcast from Adepticon saying, well, let's walk around the uh, the, the, the seller's area for two hours visiting our sponsors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, well, you do that while literally a hundred events, each cooler than the next, is happening around yeah. you that you're ignoring. Exactly. Yeah. I also think it's it's a it's a great way for them to uh, probably sell models because he was like, here's a Harlequin list I'm playing now. And here's the part that loses me because that list looks boring. Oh yeah, like, like I, oh wow, I could like I could play this list or trim my fingernails. Yeah, I love my <laughs> Harlequin army, but I like it because I always take like a solitaire and a death jester. Like I take the cool characters in there. This is just like. So here's here's an interesting thought. I wonder 
Like, so now, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they've always sort of paid attention to the meta, but I wonder if it being out in the open where they are publicly saying, yes, we see, this is what we see. I wonder how that's going to influence, like, how the game is balanced. You know what I mean? Like, if there's, like, like you said, like, there's no fun units in this army. So, like, is that maybe not the flavor they're looking for? You know what I mean? Here's the thing. All right. There, there's two answers to that. First of all, if you look at that and you're you're someone that's going, all right, I need, like, I'm going to an event. I'm probably going to be fighting people who've seen this list. I can do one of two things. I can either imitate that and hope that the dice work for me and I'm a better player. Or I can look for a meta-breaking list. Right. And meta-breaking lists are always a lot more fun. But the oh, other great. thing is like, so okay, I look at this Arlequin army list and I absolutely want to start drinking. <laughs> but if I'm someone planning to do a Harlequin list and me as JF, I'm not going to be top table anywhere. I want to have a bit of fun, but I also want to be a bit competitive. Like I don't want to be too much of a pushover. This is a starting point. Yeah, I right. look at this like, all right, I see what you're doing with your bazillion Harlequin troops and Star Weavers. Like this, this is all about like objective denial and that stuff. Good for you. That sounds boring as hell. However, I can start with that. Maybe sacrifice a couple of these troop choice to put a couple of fun units like a, a solitaire and that dreadful heavy, heavy support that I think looks great but apparently sucks. Like I can tweak this so that I know I'm starting from a solid like core list make it weaker but more fun to suit my play style and if we're going to be seeing this for multiple codexes and armies as these articles come out oh let's go for it i'm I'm in it's also nice because i'm i am terrible at keeping track of what every other army is supposed to do so if i can like read an article and maybe absorb like oh okay so that's that's how that should work like maybe I will do a little better when I sit down across from someone and go, aha, I've seen this. I understand how this operates. And that's, well, that's what I've liked so far about ninth too is, um, you know, every weekend we're in the point now where every weekend there's a tournament somewhere and, um, you know, everybody, there's a new article about, you know, what won this weekend. And it's always so far anyway, it's been something drastically different than from the weekend before. Well, even 8th edition was a lot more fluid as to what won events than, say, 7th or any of the editions prior. Yeah. But, yeah, 9th edition looks like it's taking that up a notch. And we can expect, especially for the next year as we're getting new codexes, that meta is going to shift as those codexes come out. And Games Workshops showed a level of, like, an unprecedented level of fluidity when it comes to adjusting point costs and adjusting rules to keep things fresh yep so yeah we're like good good idea to have a meta watch because i have a feeling meta is going to be changing all the time yeah it, it it definitely will be which is as long as we don't get back to that point we had last year where it was um you know this iron hands list it was like what was it seven of the top eight in that one tournament as long as we don't get yeah. back to there again yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll be happy yeah, that is the the one thing you will absolutely want to avoid. Which hopefully these articles might help a little bit, but hopefully that and hopefully they're not just like setting the meta. Um, I used to play a lot of um, CCGs a long time ago, and and there'd be like a you know a, a qualifier for the big tournament, and the guys playing in the final would let the de- the worst deck win because then everybody would play that deck and then they would just play the other deck that's better. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, trust me. Every time you go to one, like, you'd see yeah. the two guys up in the corner, like, whispering to each other, like, oh, well, you know, I think... And then... Yep. <laughs> A little harder to do with 40k, though, I think. Definitely. Definitely. Because at some point, the dice are going to, like... <laughs> Like, yeah. I can have the best list in the world, and my dice are not going to help me, ever. It's fine. I understand this. Yeah, and, and that's what I hate about the meta, because it's really just saying, all right, I'm going to play what everybody else is playing and leave it to the dice. Like, yeah. Eh, yeah. You yeah. can you can go to Vegas for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so also with the Codex is coming out this week, we're going to get that first, um, first release of new models. 
for some of the Necron stuff, the Silent King, uh, the the new destroyers, the heavy Locust destroyers. Um, I've seen some of the pictures of the Silent King, and man, that is a big model. That thing is huge. And it is on a tiny connecting point. Yeah. To its ba- I don't want to carry that anywhere. I mean, it's awesome. That's fine, because you won't have room for it, because of all the terrain you like. <laughs> <You're bringing laughs> exactly. Oh, do I bring this terrain, or do I bring the Silent King? Hmm. Um, yeah, that thing is huge, and it is the most expensive thing points-wise in the Necron art. Seven hundred points. I'm so curious. It's how much? Seven hundred points. Is like is it considered like a super heavy? Hopefully, uh, or yeah. Or, it's or um, yeah. It has the super. Is it? I I don't know the symbols off the top of my head yet. So, uh oh yeah, it's the same as a as a monolith. So it's got to be super heavy. I thought it might be supreme commander, but it's super heavy. Um, hmm. yeah, he's got he he's got a lot of little rules bullets under his abilities. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, and he also comes with those. Really previewed some of it, like um, in an article recently, and I was I was very impressed with the level of power this, this brought to the table. Oh yeah, it, it's he. I mean, he can deny psychic powers, which is something the you know the Necron army doesn't really have. Um, he makes anything he's fighting with automatically goes last during the fight phase, which is a huge deal. Now, um, he gives rerolls out to a bunch of stuff, mostly uh, tri Praetorians, right? He gives a bunch of abilities to them. Um, yeah, he's pretty beefy. You get three yeah. extra command points just for having him as your warlord. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> Yeah, he, he, he has Good. that, he, he feels like like a Marina's Calgar model, right? Like a centerpiece model for your army. This one's just really big on a cool floor. Yeah. Damn it. I mean, that, that's more than a freaking um, Stompa. So I'm, I'm guessing we're not seeing that on tournament tables. No, probably no. not much. I mean, <laughs> you'd have to build around it pretty hard yeah. to eat up that many points. Like, that's a lot of eggs in one basket. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a centerpiece for your army. Like, a true centerpiece where, like you were saying, you have to just build around it. Um, a- Amy and I were having a very nice discussion about the what we wanted out of centerpiece. Like, these, these kind of ensemble pieces mm-hmm. for every army. We came yeah. up with some, some good stuff. Games Workshop mm-hmm. should definitely hire us. Yeah. Ooh, tell me, tell me. Uh, well, the, the whole the conversation kind of stemmed from seeing that uh, that preview um, on the basically showing the like the idea that I had like oh wow that would be cool to be a gene steer called Maul where it's like a, a tyrannid monstrosity that's chained, which would be neat because then if you have that as one of those ensemble models, it can like just this this living. Um, well, it's it's a tyrannid, so obviously it inspires all the, the genes to be called. They can see their gods chain, but still there, right right on the battlefield with them. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere in the middle of the battle, like once a battle, you can sort of remove the chains and just kill all the attendants, or maybe they just die as the models are getting attacked. Instead of being inspiring, it goes into in, in like this berserk mode and just becomes a, a close combat monster or something like that. I like it. That was one that seemed fun. I yeah, like I mean, I have a lot of cycles uh, I should be using for more interesting things than that, but that's what, <laughs> that's what I do. I, just, I want I want January to be Tyranids and Eldar. Mm-hmm. That would be me. I just, I just, I want turn. I, I, I'd rather have like what would be really neat if they just did a month of turners and genes to call, so they can really freaking lean into that part of the lore. Yeah. Yeah. Put out a crusade book. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could like really freaking layer it thick. There. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering what the frequency of like the crusade campaign books is going to be. Um... Right, because like I don't need like I don't. 
I, I desperately don't want them to just put one out because they feel like they have to. But yeah. if they've got a cool story, like, let's do that. Like, um, so, like, I think, like, exactly that. If they spent a month that was Gene Stiller cults and Tyranids and then put out some sort of, like, Hive Planet crusade book, that'd be A-okay. I would be down for that. Yeah. Well, one of the things that's interesting right now, if you go into the Games Workshop online store and you go into the 40K section under the terrain heading, they've changed some of the classifications to have four war zones. For, one for Cadia, one for Fifth Spear Expansion, Scourge Stars, and Ultramar. So these seem to be reorganizing some of the way the way they're selling and classifying terrain to also reflect more of a, a fluff-based approach. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. I, I would... Right. That makes it sound I, like I really know the Games Workshop <laughs> web store, but I only just noticed that. <laughs> I think, you know, one... Every half of the year would probably be good. I mean, it gives you enough time to get it and run the run the run through the campaign. You're like once every six months yeah. or something like that. Um, or even even every quarter, because if you're like, well, yeah, true, this one's not for me. Like, you know, as long as they're different enough, and like I said, as long as they're interesting. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well. Mm. So you know, you guys know what's coming up the next couple of months. A lot of uh, a lot of space marine stuff. Um, we'll try and maintain some level of excitement about that. <laughs> I, I can be excited about Space Marines by proxy. Like, here's the thing, guys. Just go to our Facebook page. As you see, like, these Space Marine models, tell tell me what you think is exciting yeah. about them. And I'll, I'll be excited with you. Like, I'll, I'll yeah. really, I'll get on board with, have, you know, living through you as you think that this is super cool. And... To be honest, like I've always kind of in the back of my mind wanted Space Marine Army, but I just I'm just so much more excited about other things. So here here's the deal, like convince me, like sell me on the <laughs> idea of doing the Space Ar- Marine Army I'll never do. But but tell me what you what really gets your juices going about these new releases. Yeah, definitely. And it'd be interesting to see what people are excited about as these I mean it's always exciting to get an update for your army if you play that army, right? That's just that's the way it works. Right. So I'm sure there'll be exciting stuff for Blood Angels, Space Wolves, and Death Guard players. At least the Death Guard are getting a new model. We saw that. Mm-hmm. And actually probably two, right? Because there's the terrain. Yeah, there was that other one. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. And we'll see uh, We'll see what the other Space Marine chapters get, uh, if they get anything for new models. Because uh, the interesting thing about... Actually, that's with the Space Marine book, right? It, it So it does sort of give you the base stuff for Blood Angels, Death Watch... Um, Space Wolves, right? It, or it gives you what their, um, what they call it, their chapter trait is. Mm-hmm. But it also tells you, like, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't have any of their special units in there. It tells you what units from this codex you can't take. But yeah. What they released earlier this, <sighs> but what they released earlier this week is for those three factions. Actually, even the Dark Angels too is basically just like a full army update with stats for. Wolfen, Sanguinary Guard, um, you know, Death Watch kill teams. Like, they released PDF documents with that stuff in there. Huh. So, you, so you could play them right away. You don't have to wait for your book. You know, there's no relics, warlord traits, stratagems, or anything like that. I'm sure those will, will be in the books when they come out, but at least you, right. you can still play your army now while you're waiting for those. Hmm. That is very cool. Games Workshop, doing it right. So weird. No, not I, mean, even... I get it's been like a couple of years I've been doing this, but like, I feel it's it's like I'm still waiting for, you know, to, to mess it up. And they have, mm-hmm. like, it's not perfect, but, but it's, man, it's not those days of, good. It's not those days of using the Eldar Codex from like two editions ago to play. <laughs> yeah, there, there's nothing quite like... the. It, Editions switching and wondering, did Games Workshop forget Tyranids? <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, what's going on here? <laughs> Alright, guys, so like JF said, head over to our Facebook page. Let us know what you're excited about for your armies that are coming out, because I'm, I'm sure a lot of you play Space Marines. Everybody's got some tucked away somewhere. Um, hopefully, we'll see some more news coming out. I'm sure we'll see some more 
you know, a lot of the new Necron releases coming out over the next couple weeks, so we'll get to Google those. Uh, but until then, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Free Buddhist Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddhist Forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddhist Network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and cookies.